Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, Emerging Perspectives on People, Process, and Profits. Your host is Olivia Parr-Rood. In today's fast-paced, high-tech global economy, the business landscape is constantly evolving. To be successful, companies must continually adapt as well as identify and exploit new opportunities. Now, here is the host of Quantum Business Insights, Olivia Parr-Rood. Hi, I'm Olivia Parr-Rood, and welcome to Quantum Business Insights, where each week we explore new perspectives on the changing nature of business with thought leaders from around the world, and with a special emphasis on what I feel is our most valuable asset, our human capital. Today, I'm delighted to have as my guest, Amy Robinson, and we'll be discussing one of my favorite topics, gender intelligence. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Amy. She is an executive leadership coach and expert in gender intelligence, and she travels nationally to deliver workshops to leadership teams and corporate boards on gender intelligence and how to achieve gender-balanced organizations. Prior to becoming a coach, she spent many years in leadership positions at Fortune 500 companies, and she now offers a coaching program for women called Aspire Hire, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. So, Amy, welcome to Quantum Business Insights. Well, thanks, Olivia. It's great to be here. Oh, great. Well, so here we are, two women talking about gender intelligence, <laughs> and, and many of my listeners <laughs> work in large organizations where they're aware of the infamous glass ceiling and other biases that exist based on gender. And as I mentioned, you spent years in leadership positions at Fortune 500 companies where I'm sure you saw these biases play out. So I'm intrigued by this concept of gender intelligence. How do you define gender intelligence? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great question, by the way, to lead off. I don't assume that everybody knows uh, what ge- gender intelligence is. So let me, let me begin, Olivia, by describing that the premise of gender intelligence is that men and women are different. Pause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a moment for <laughs> Big us, surprise. Right? <laughs> Big surprise, right. But we are different, men and women, and we approach work differently. Our work styles are different. So gender intelligence says it's okay to be different. As a matter of fact, let's get together, let's recognize, identify our differences, and then let's do something more constructive about them. So one of the really neat aspects of gender intelligence is is that we don't have to change. We don't have to be anything other than who we are authentically. Mm. And what that takes into account is, again, that men and women are different. We have different perspectives. We have different issues. We have different inherent strengths, natural preferences, and even our brain structures are different. So the goal of gender intelligence is not to make us all the same, but to understand our differences in order to create more inclusive work environments. And there's a lot of business opportunity when we refocus on building gender diversity or, as you referred to earlier, gender-balanced leadership. Countless research out there, Olivia, that says when you have a more gender-diverse leadership team, we reach better solutions. 
again, because we bring in our different perspectives, our different inherent strengths, our natural way of seeing and approaching problem solving and decision making. And not only is gender intelligence, right, a wonderful organizational management tool, but it touches the very core of our lives. Mm -hmm. Well, so we were told years ago to be ahead in business, you had to act more like a man. So it sounds like that's not really true, especially now, perhaps because of the way businesses are changing or needing to be more agile. And does that engage some of the more feminine qualities or are there differences uh, now than there were say 40 years ago in how business leaders need to be does that make sense (laughs) so why is it so critical now I guess is the question yeah because the whole playing field of work itself is changing dramatically and so in order for businesses to compete and be successful leaders have to understand and flow with these differences They have to choose Mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion in all their business practices. As a matter of fact, this week I read a wonderful quote. I'm sorry, I don't remember the source, but the quote goes like this. The world is living through one of the most historical and peaceful revolutions. The gradual rebalancing of the gender's social, educational, and economic power. So to address your point... Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty powerful. And here's the thing. We can't stop it. We can't go back now. But for a moment, it's okay to go back. It's okay, as I like to say, and discuss and understand the history of work. So I'll do that for a moment. So here's the the interesting word, history. What are the first Mm. three letters? Right, his story. Yeah, yeah. The workplace, you know, it was founded upon a male-designed model of work a male code Mm. of behavior, right? They got there first, Olivia. And so because they got there first, they set up all the rules, the regulations, the entire playing field to support their natural preferences and strengths. I mean, that just makes sense. I don't blame them, right? But it's fair to say, yeah, yeah. And it's fair to say that for the last two centuries, work has been based on patriarchal values, uh, Styles, right? The military rank and file, command and control, hierarchical, mm-hmm. win-lose mentality that we see in sports, right? Transactional, task orientation, do as I say and don't ask questions, directive, mm-hmm. all of that. What's happening now, let's skip to where we are today's world, is that women are changing the dynamics of the playing field and we're changing it because... Now, there's a couple of really good reasons, but we're entering in massive amounts <laughs> or a massive mm. uh, quantities, right? Women in the workplace. So now women not only compromise nearly half nor half, but now we're at 51% of employees. Interesting. 60%. It is interesting. So, you know, when, when you have, right, the, the, the uh, most popular gender, she or he, right, but in this situation, she is going to bring along her natural preferences and make a bigger impact from the sheer numbers. Now, couple that with the fact that women are getting more into managerial and leadership positions. We still have a long way to go, but we are stepping up, or as Sheryl Sandberg says, leaning into accepting more leadership positions. 
60% of the world's mm-hmm. university graduates are women. In the United yes. States, women under 30 years of age, they out-earn their male peers. So we're seeing what the millennials are bringing in to the work, work landscape. 40% That's- of American households have women as the main breadwinner. Boy, that's almost half. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And, and, and here's what's also coming into play. Besides the multicultural and the multigenerational, right? Baby boomers soon to be replaced by millennial generation. But mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion is now a recognized business initiative. Meaning there's a huge business advantage that positively mm. affects the bottom line where gender balance leadership exists. So, this, go ahead. I was going to say, this is all sounds really good. So, why do gender misunderstandings, or what are they, and, and why do they occur? Yeah. Yeah, gender misunderstandings are what I call breakdowns in communication and our ability to work together, men and women. Mm-hmm. They're based off of what I call a human dynamic, and here's the human dynamic. Each gender assumes the opposite sex thinks the same way we do. Mm-hmm. They don't. We don't. But we incorrectly assume that the opposite sex thinks the same way that we do and therefore approaches work in the same way. And because we're not aware of how the other is different and what his or her different needs and expectations are in the work site, many gender-based misunderstandings result. Now you so, got that. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that these things, these breakdowns then, do they, when they happen, do they actually invite more knowledge or growth or change in these companies? Eventually, that's the idea, absolutely, to take these misunderstandings and do something very productive with them. What happens generally initially is that the breakdowns occur this is where I'll get a call from a human resource director, the CEO, president of a business unit, or the president who leads the executive leadership team. And they'll say, something weird is going on, Amy, in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of dynamic playing out. And I'm not sure what it is, but there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of stress mm-hmm. between the women and the men on the team. And we're not working together cohesively or as well as I know we can. So if we've heard that we each have our own divine masculine or feminine or, you know, those aspects of ourselves, do you see the rare individual that has both sides pretty well developed and do they tend to do better as leaders or even just as workers? Great question. Yeah, um, and there are exceptions to every rule. So when we're talking about gender intelligence, we're not talking about gender stereotyping. Um, mm-hmm. And what we do recognize instead is that there's, you know, no individual, male or female, will ever fit the description of gender intelligence all the way down the list, meaning our gender differences are not black or white, and there are exceptions to every rule. 
there are some women who have more, more male characteristics and then conversely, some males who have more feminine divine, mm-hmm. feminine energy or feminine characteristics. It's a very interesting sector of brain science that is blooming. It's called brain bridging or bridge brain. Yeah, and there's, there's a really good um, um, researcher, his name is Michael Gurin, G-U-R-I-A-N, who writes a lot about that. But in certain sectors, like the technology sector, you will see more bridge brains, women who have more male characteristics. But overall... Well, I was a math major, so that was kind of how I felt when I was younger, was that I had a, a, vel- a well-developed male side to my brain, which, um, yeah, so I think that bridging. So, yeah, talk about, I guess, how the brain is structured and maybe what that means as far as bridging. Okay. So, first of all, I want to say that one of the biggest supporters of gender intelligence as far as evidence and scientific proof is neuroscience or brain science. And this growing area of science supports our differences from a nature perspective versus nurture. So neuroscience proves that women and men's brains are wired differently. And that shows up in us working differently. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool or significant because since the 1990s, neuroscience has made great strides in identifying differences in human brain anatomy between the sexes. And the conclusive evidence has been reached that there are physiological differences in the male and female brains. Mm-hmm. And again, we used to believe, heavily put our emphasis, that nature had nothing to do with it, Olivia, but our differences <laughs> stem only from nurture, how we are socially conditioned to be male or female. Right, so they'd give the kid the doll and the, the little boy or little girl the truck, that kind of thinking Absolutely. was how we change it, okay. Yeah, that's, that's how we thought that our differences came about because girls were reared to be more relationship-oriented and feeling sensitive and boys to be more thinking and analytical. But what has come on to the landscape is the fact that actually our brains in three major categories, um, three major categories that were different. And the first is our neural blood flow patterns. Second is particular structures in the brain. And then third, our brain chemistry. So if I can take a minute, I'll talk about neural activity first. Our neural brains, how our brains generate different blood flow patterns depending on what the function the brain is performing. And different parts of the female brain work simultaneously in ways that the male brain does not. So there is more neural activity or blood flow in the female brain at any given time than in the male brain. As a matter of fact, 15 to 20% more blood flow in female brains. And that shows up in her ability, the female brain, to think and create words in parts of her brain that connect words to memories, emotions, and sensory cues. He, on the other hand, with less neural activity, 
he is more physically, spatial, and kinesthetically inclined to use his brain in that way. So here's the difference. Women rely more on connecting words to feelings and trying to bond by showing appreciation with words. We women ask questions as a way of bonding. So we'll use phrases like, what do you think? Olivia, what's on your mind? Right? Mm -hmm. We do that as a way to extend a conversation in order to bond with each other or to build relationships. So there's even further interesting evidence that, that supports and it's called the white and gray matter of the brains. Just very briefly, white matter connects and networks the various brain centers across both hemispheres of the brain. Gray matter, on the other hand, it localizes brain activity into a single active brain center. So men have six times more gray matter than women, and their brains tend to localize information in one or two centers of the brain. Therefore, they tend to focus on one task and one task only, meaning their brains are better equipped to do one thing and one thing only. This, this includes listening, talking, problem solving. But women, on the other hand, we have 10 times more white matter. Now, remember I said white matter connects and networks the various brain centers across both hemispheres of the brain. So women tend to move information among many and diverse brain centers. We excel at integrating and assimilating information, such as required for greater language facility and greater multitasking. That's so interesting. Um, We're just up on a break, so I I think this might be a good time, but I... I just find that so fascinating because there has been so many stereotypes we've heard over the years about women are better at connecting and synthesizing and maybe multitasking, you know, as mothers. If we're, we've been mothers, we know how much we have to do that. And men are better at, you know, maybe getting really focused on a problem. So um, let's just take a break now so we can come back and have a lot of time to talk about the, the rest of these differences. So my guest today is Amy L. Robinson, and you can read more about her work at amylrobinson.com. And um, she is an expert in gender intelligence, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. 
Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here, and I'm with Amy L. Robinson, an executive coach and expert in gender intelligence. And before the break, we were talking about these three major differences between the male and female brain and how actually science is starting to support the things that we may have experienced and that we really have natural differences in the brain, the construction of the brain. And so before the break, we were talking about the the neural blood flow and the, the white matter and the gray matter and how the white matter is more about connection and multitasking and synthesis. And women have 10 times the amount of white matter than gray matter. And then the gray matter, men have six times as much as gray matter as women, which is more about focusing on a task, maybe a single focus, um, very localized. And so you were saying that, um, so I guess let me ask you how this sort of plays out and the um, go on about the other two differences between the male and female brain. Okay. Well, let me just address first how it plays out in the form of gender misunderstanding. So, you know, based off of more white matter, right, and women being able to see a bigger picture and to integrate a lot more information at one time, whereas, again, men with more gray matter um, can only use their brains for one function pretty much at a time. So the misunderstandings occur when men can't or won't follow a woman's conversation in business because she is drawing on past memories and strong emotions. He'll view it as her not being direct or not getting right to the business issue or logical reasoning at hand. So to him, his perception is she is making broad, sweeping generalizations and adding a lot of anecdotal, perhaps unnecessary information He's perceiving her not as competent or credible in business matters, her style relating or communicating as more indirect. That's fascinating because I'm sure many listeners have had that experience either from the male or female side. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is where gender intelligence comes in because, again, it accepts our differences and even leverages a woman's ability to contextually think, meaning consider many perspectives, including future consequences, anticipating things that could go wrong, and therefore connect the dots with the bigger picture. So women are critical thinkers and expert strategists. They just do it differently than men. Mm-hmm. I could see this affecting politics as well, (laughs) that getting more women in politics might be able to 
foresee some of the problems with actions that we take. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> That's a whole nother show. But, you know, I was reading something the other week about that, just, just in the town of Donkey, Olivia. And they said <laughs> one of the reasons they thought that more women aren't involved in politics is not because they don't do really well, that they possess the competencies and the interpersonal skills, but it's the process of entering the political game that is unnatural to women's approach, and that's what keeps them out. Which, again, right, is reminiscent of what you and I talked about before the break about, you know, the landscape of the work world changing itself from this patriarchal yes. model, right, to a more um, inclusive, collaborative, sharing um, uh, model of business. So it is fascinating so as- Yes, because you mentioned the men created the rules in business. They also created the rules in politics to yeah. basically make it easy for them, which, you know, is is the way they should have done it. But now we need to look at those uh, rules and maybe change them to help the system. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, another area I just want to talk about is it's, it's called the cingulate gyrus. And the cingulate gyrus runs our life experience around in our head. And women have a more active singular gyrus part of the brain than men. So women's approach to life and work is one of constantly reassessing. Far more than men at any given time, women are processing many things at once through our brains, right? We're running sentences, tones of voice gestures, facial expressions, meetings, TV commercials, arguments we had with our spouses or our partners this morning. Interesting. Because women are more self, well, so I'm going to ask you this, but my guess is women are more self-critical if this goes in a bad direction because they're always assessing and maybe not matching up to what they would like to see where men maybe don't do that as much. Is that true? Bingo. You hit, you hit it right on the nail. Absolutely. So what, how that shows up, and I've seen it work very negatively for a woman's career, um, is that she will internalize. She will blame herself um, first and foremost. She may not step up and ask for a bigger, more visible account or bigger project to lead uh, because she's, like you said, harder on herself. If she doesn't have 100% of the credentials to match that position, she won't accept it or ask for that additional responsibility. Whereas men, interestingly, they only need about 60% of the credentials and they'll still go for it. They'll go for the whole thing. So she has a way. It is interesting. But to be aware of it, you know, now we Mm -hmm. know why it is that we're, we're wired that way. And so the question remains, okay, now what do we want to do differently? Yes. I have to tell you, you know, I don't, I don't want people to think, listeners to think that gender intelligence is about male bashing. It's not. Mm-hmm. So when I lead workshops with executive teams, I make sure that men get their say, their fair representation of what's not working for them. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, in the area of what we're talking about, the singular gyrus, you know, men will have this more single-minded focused ability and that works really really well in the patriarchal business model with the directness mm-hmm. where I've seen it negatively impact a man is in his personal life 
Yes. So, right? So when he's so singularly focused on achieving and outperforming and competing, that, again, he reaps a lot of rewards in the business model. He does not know how to just be in his personal relationships. So if this is mostly nature, let's say, and and you do find men who have some of these abilities that we are calling feminine qualities, it, when you work with groups, do you help men recognize those and maybe even feel better about them? Like, is that something that men might try to hide because they don't think it's masculine enough? Yeah, yeah. And and when they try to hide it, it's a, it's a huge sense of relief when we get to expose <laughs> it and talk about it I and bet. use it to our advantage and leverage it. Again, the whole premise of gender intelligence is to talk about and discuss our differences so that we can show up authentically in our full mm-hmm. self-expression, who we are. And we are wow. finding that men, you know, they're having their own evolution as well. They are wanting more work-life balance. They are wanting more policies at the work site that, um, that positively support them leaving the work site to spend more time with their children. So do you see any difference with millennial men versus the men, say, that are retirement age as far as those, the balance in the brain? Yep, I sure do. I absolutely do. And it's just a very funny side note. I, um, um, I, I don't live in Doylestown, which is um, north of, of Philadelphia, but I went to um, uh, last year a art festival they had. And... I remember walking around the streets thinking, what is different about these people? And what I finally realized was was that there were young men with children, that the Hmm. women in their lives or, you know, the mothers of these children were absent, and the men were pushing the strollers or wearing the babies in those sacks, right, that they fit on the front, their chest or on their back. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And it was all younger men. But anyway, it was such a visual to speak to your point about the millennials. Yeah, you know, they have a whole different set of core values that they're bringing into the work site. Definitely one of them is work-life balance or work-life integration. Well, and do their brains get affected at all by the technology, which I think would encourage more uh, pattern recognition and you know the kinds of skills that are or, or abilities that are seen more feminine is that true I think so too I think technology actually has a way of neutralizing I don't see technology so much as, as a male or female approach but the way that it really works is kind of like a neutral zone Mm-hmm. And I think that that has a lot to do with bridging the differences between men and women. Um, when we approach uh, things from a neutral zone, we are really just showing up authentically who we are. We're not emphasizing the differences of male or female qualities, even if they are connected to the wiring of the brain. It's a very, very interesting topic. Yeah. Wow. Great. So you had mentioned three differences and I think we talked about two of them what's the 
Right. Let's let's talk about the effects of hormones. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. All right. So testosterone, everyone pretty much knows, right, what testosterone does and that, that men have um, much more testosterone in their bodies than women do. So testosterone helps a man focus on a project. Um, it also makes him feel more competitive. Um, it keeps him from becoming distracted even. So there's, there was this interesting research done at Georgia State University that found that the high performers tested in each field, business leaders, politicians, sportsmen, had higher levels of testosterone. And in mm-hmm. addition, testosterone drives a man's desire for independence. Testosterone motivates the male to strive for a separateness, separateness, excuse me, in ways that a woman does not. So how that shows up at the work site is men's um, predisposition to problem solving, to not talking as much or not needing collaboration or inclusion or not needing to Mm -hmm. say, Fred, what do you think? John, what's your input? You don't see that happen as much. And, and again, in the area's hormones, it's because testosterone drives a man's desire for independence. He'd rather problem solve alone. He'd rather come to his decision on his own. We've all heard of the man cave, right? Yeah, right. Men will go and disappear by themselves to work on something. Alone. That's so true. Yeah, they're not going to call their male friends and say, let's get together for a few beers and discuss this and help me reach a resolution. So again, well, the harm is, go ahead. I was just going to say that there's, I've had this experience where I've been trying to solve something with someone in a conversation. And then I get to a point and I say, I get this sense like, okay, I can't do any more while I'm talking to you. I know I have to go to a different part of my brain. Like, I actually feel that, and I need to do it by myself. So I guess there's just advantages and disadvantages to both. Is that true? There, absolutely, it's true. And then, and then to see when it's appropriate to apply your natural preference mm-hmm. to doing something. And, and that's what we discuss a lot in my workshops. You know, when is, what situation is ideal for women coming in? Um, as far as their nat- natural preference for problem solving or decision making, when is a better time for male's directive or direct style of communication? When is it better to bring him into uh, the work equation? In other words, so again, it's just about what's happening. What, what you're demonstrating, Olivia, is just okay, being aware of what you do automatically where your brain goes or how you think or how you approach a problem or somebody else's mm-hmm. problem. That's how we learn new gender skills is by just knowing or building awareness around our own natural preference or style. So it must be such a relief to people to find out that what they do or the way they naturally behave has has value. It's, you know, depends on the situation, but nobody's right or wrong. It's just different uh, talents that, that can be used for different challenges. Um, I did want to mention something that I heard about hormones, and I can't remember. Maybe you're familiar with this, but they did research for, they say that people who go to a job interview with higher testosterone do better. And so they actually 
so that if a woman, let's say prior to a job interview, if you go in and find a mirror or maybe in a restroom or something and just look in the mirror and, and put your fists in the air and say like, I am the greatest or something like that, it actually increases your testosterone and gets you better prepared for an interview. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, I believe it because one of the things I will actually coach my female clients on is to pick a song that really um, spurs their energy and their focus mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. power. Um, so Prince's song, Baby, I'm a Star. <laughs> you know, chant that you to yourself, sing that to yourself, either out loud in the car or, or wherever that, that seems appropriate, as you said, to get yourself mm-hmm. riled up, right? So that's why you hear a and lot that- of these rock songs before football games if you ever go by a high school you know locker room prior to the football game starting you'll hear loud music blasting it works the same for women yeah and the brain actually does create the testosterone it's like we're little pharmaceutical factories up here in our heads it's fascinating well we're just up on our second break so I want to reintroduce Amy L. Robinson, and you can go to her website, amylrobinson.com. We're talking about gender intelligence and how to achieve gender-balanced organizations, and we'll be back in a few minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for the second stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here, and I'm with Amy L. Robinson, an expert in gender intelligence in the workplace. And before the break, we were talking about some of the differences between the male and female brain, and we were on the third difference, which is hormones, and we mentioned how men naturally have more testosterone, so they're going to be able to be more focused and, um, you know, have more... Say, say drive behind their their initiatives. So, um, what are so talk a little bit about the female hormones and how they may be beneficial or or get in the way, whatever it is. 
<laughs> depending, depending, right? As All right. On so, the situation. <laughs> yes, depending on the situation. Okay, so again, we said testosterone and vasopressin are the two predominant um, hormones in men's, um, in men's bodies. Females, we secrete more of the brain chemicals of estrogen, progesterone, serotonin, and oxytocin. So serotonin, let me talk about that. Serotonin, among other things, it calms our impulses down and oxytocin, among other things, is like a bonding chemical. Mm-hmm. So the higher the oxytocin level, the less aggressive and the more empathetic the person is. And as mm-hmm. you can guess, Olivia women tend to have much higher oxytocin levels than men. So during periods of stress, oxytocin stimulates in a woman's brain what biologists call the tend and befriend behaviors. Uh, As opposed to what happens with men when they're stressed, their testosterone levels increase even higher, and they have a tendency toward or flight response. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So women, again, tend to befriend due to, due to oxytocin. And then serotonin, mm-hmm. when combined with high levels of oxytocin, lead women to become far more willing and capable to sit calmly and engage in conversation. Yeah. And where this oh, shows up, the work site, is a fascinating study. Um, A couple gender coaches worked with the LA police department and in highly critical, emotionally charged conflict cases, uh, what they'll do is they'll have women negotiators go in, not men, but women negotiators. So you can see where that's supported through brain science. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, I'm curious, and maybe you don't know whether they knew about the science and tried it, or they just noticed that it worked better, and they wanted to de-escalate, so they they knew to use women. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah and um, it I, is... Go ahead. Well, yeah, if you continue, because I was going to ask a different question, but you were going to say... One of the other things I wanted to say before we moved on from, from hormones is... It, for men, the combination of the lower levels of serotonin and oxytocin and the higher levels of testosterone and vasopressin, it biologically predisposes men to choose action first and talk second. Oh, very interesting. How well, I remember... Up, go ahead. I was just quickly. How that shows up in the work site is one of the... Um, in my gender intelligence workshops, one of the number one complaints, if you will, that females um, um, say about men, their male counterparts, is that men just don't listen. They just don't <laughs> listen. And so we'll get into further dialogue uh, with them about what do you mean they're not listening? Well, they're not saying anything. They're not talking. So therefore, they're not listening. Oh, and interesting. What's happening is that women are looking at men, perceiving them to be the same as women. And so women have a predisposition, as we talked about, right, through our neural activity to be much more verbose and to have our language connect with many different 
uh, areas of our brain. Men, on the other hand, remember, are localized, can do their brains one thing at one time. They have a predisposition, predisposition to go solve a problem independently. While they're doing that internally in their brains, they can't talk, they can't speak. She immediately thinks, because he's not talking out loud, that he's disengaged from the conversation, that he's not interested, that somehow he's labeled her as not credible or not worthy in what it is that she's saying, not possessing competency, whatever. So you Mm -hmm. see how these misunderstandings based off of our brain wiring come into play? Yeah, so let me ask you, if, let's say, he does think she's valuable or what she's saying is valuable, he could still be silent and be listening, right? <laughs> Bingo. And this is, this, okay. this, this is the second uh, day of the workshop that I teach. This is where we actually go and practically apply the new gender skills that we're learning. So you just said mm-hmm. it, Olivia. What we'll do is we'll have men actually say, do you want me to listen or do you need me to help you solve the problem? So what we're teaching them to do is to talk, to articulate and ask the woman, what does she need in this moment from him? Very interesting. Yeah, so that she doesn't think he's not talking, that he's disengaged or not interested. Or worse yet, that he just jumps in and wants to solve the problem. And that totally it discredits her because generally she doesn't want him to solve the problem. She just wants mm. to be listened to. She needs to talk. She needs to get it off her chest. She needs somebody <laughs> who will listen and support her, empathize with her, not solve That's the so, problem. Well, and I have to laugh because most of my career I've been solving problems. You know, I started out studying math and statistics and it's a way to solve problems. And so I have a a dear friend who would call me and she would be complaining and I would just give her solutions. And she finally, she started to coach me and she'd just say, I don't want you to solve it. I just want you to listen. And I was able to then learn to do that, but that was a great skill for later. And, you know, just in life in general, but having just the uh, self-awareness of being able to catch myself and do that with other people. It's just a fascinating um, way of looking at it. So thank you. It, it yeah. is fascinating. And, it, and on a practical level, it just, you know, it eases a lot of tension between the sexes. And, mm-hmm. you know, who wants to go to work and, and, and have to have a lot of tension or stress in the environment? We, yes. we go to work because we want to work. We, we are making, a, hopefully, a meaning contribution through our work. And we want an enjoyable, you know, environment that's more conducive to us working together more successfully. And this is where gender intelligence comes in. It teaches us, you know, be aware. Don't think the other sex thinks the same way that you do. Don't assume that. That's where we get into misunderstandings. And then one right. step further, like your, your example just demonstrated with your friend, you know, how do I, where do I have to adjust my own behaviors? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, so do you have some practical s- tips for people who may want to do this, some, be aware of some of these things in their own work or in their workplace? Yeah, yeah. And I would, you know, even, I would say one of the questions I, I normally get asked is, you know, what area of work do you notice the most breakdowns or misunderstandings um, occurring amongst the sexes? And I think it's, 
it's not only in the workplace, it's also in our personal lives, but it's the area of communication. And we know that that, um, right, involves talking, listening, and relating to each other. Mm -hmm. So, one of the major differences in communication is our emphasis on task versus relationship. So, men are more task-oriented in their communication. Women are more relationship-oriented. And how that shows up is when men do talk, it's primarily to solve problems, to get a task done. Talking is a way for him to gather information. When Mm -hmm. he does speak, he speaks to make a point. He also tends to quietly mull things over and then get right to the point when he speaks. Extra or unrelated words are considered inefficient and a waste of time in his eyes, and dwelling too much on the problem or sounding uncertain is avoided at all costs in his world. Wow. Women, yeah. Women, on the other hand, we communicate to solve problems and accomplish tasks too, but it is a female's process that is different from a man's. From the males. So women talk to minimize stress and to feel better, to create emotional bonds, to strengthen relationships. Mm-hmm. We talk as a means to stimulate creativity and discover new ideas, to collect consensus. That's woman, powerful. <laughs> it is powerful. And, and, and again, different does not mean one is better or worse, right or wrong. It just means it's mm-hmm. different, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, a woman tends in her communication to be more relationship-oriented than a man. Her, wor- her words are going to convey not only content, but feeling as well. Mm-hmm. And at times, her personal style to him may sound uncertain, because she is more inclusive in her communications with others. Again, she's going to want to ask, Olivia, what do you think? Olivia, mm-hmm. what happened to you? You know, so by not presuming to have all the answers, she automatically gathers or collects the support of others. So again, more relationship oriented. Yeah. What he can do in order to support her in her process is to show her, demonstrate that he is caring and considering what she's saying through the act of listening. Mm -hmm. So a good strategy for a man in a workplace who is frustrated with a woman who is, again, more relationship-oriented in her communication process, is for him to slow down and take more time to listen. Mm -hmm. Ask more questions. You know, ask open-ended questions about the problem that she's talking about in order Mm -hmm. to establish a greater sense of connection, relationship, and rapport with her, that which is important. To her. Right. Yeah. And we have about three minutes left. So I'd, I'd love to hear something she can do. And then I want to spend a couple minutes on your coaching program. So what are some sure. things a woman can do? So 
because of this relationship-oriented style of communicating, one of the big, biggest um, problems that men perceive women in business is having an indirect style of relating. And they mm-hmm. will often interpret anything indirect as kind of where the person's uncertain what they're saying or they lack the competencies or they lack the confidence in what it is that they are presenting. So a woman needs to know when she's frustrating a man through her style of relating or communicating, and she needs to adjust her behaviors in the following way. She needs to state the business case up front and succinctly, mm-hmm. meaning she needs to choose the facts, the figures, the stats, the data, the research that mm-hmm. support this direct message as it relates to the business case at hand. She needs to put that up front and in a direct line or style of communicating if she wants to get his ear, if she wants to earn his respect. Mm -hmm. So again, lay off the feeling component in the beginning, get right to the business at hand, Mm-hmm. state what the problem is, and then follow it up immediately with a solution. Well, that's, that's really helpful, and I think a lot of women out there could, um, could take those tips and, and really improve their communication with the opposite sex. So, thank you. So, we have a minute left. Let me just read about your program, because we're just about out of time, but I wanted to... Invite people to go to your website, amylrobinson.com, where you offer a six-month coaching program, a virtual women's leadership coaching program called Aspire Hire. And it's really to develop female leaders, and you've attracted leaders from, or potential or aspiring leaders from all over the world. It's in its fourth year. You're offering a new class starting June 4th of 2014. I encourage all my listeners to check it out. It's an amazing program. So, Amy, it looks like we're out of time, and I... I really want to thank you for being my guest today, and I hope you'll come back and visit us again. Oh, it's been my pleasure, and I will. Thank you, Olivia. You're welcome. My pleasure. So next week, my guest will be Michael E. Eccles, Ph.D., and we'll be discussing creating value with human capital. And Mike is a global thought leader author and director of the Human Capital Lab for Bellevue University. He's written three books on human capital management, which are favorites in C-suites around the globe. And Mike's groundbreaking work on measuring the value of learning investments on corporate human capital has garnered Bellevue University several prestigious honors and awards. So you won't want to miss this. And for a full description of this show and access to all past shows, please visit www.quantumbusinessinsights.com. I'm your host, Olivia Parrud, saying thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights. Please join your host, Olivia Parrud, again next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week.